Solwate de Skibbly, and welcome again to another episode of Latin and Lame. And Solwate, my omnes as well. Some of you are my students, my prior students. Some of you guys are just random audience members, and I love you for it. My omnes, thank you for being here. Solwate de Skibbly, and my omnes, et omnes. Um, today, what we're going to be doing is, well, I kind of have a little bit of a different approach. I had an audience member actually reach out to me and send me one of my old podcast episodes that I released back in, it was like around Easter time last year of 2020. Today is Jan- not January, June 9th, uh, 2023. So this was back in 2022. Um, and the episode was just all about me talking about confidence, really confidence. Um, and uh, I, it was in reference to like some things going on in my life, um, you know, what confidence really is in my opinion and how um, I consider my Latin class to be a confidence class. Um, I consider most classes, if you approach it in a certain way, it's all about developing confidence in oneself. It's not about inherently being good at something. It's not about inherently knowing more than somebody else or being more smart or having more of an aptitude for something. Like maybe you're more of a math brain or maybe more of an artsy brain. I don't know. It's not about having that aptitude. It's about knowing that whatever you may lack confidence in, you can still develop more and more and more and more and more confidence. It reminds me of how now, you know, me and my mom have talked about this many a time. She used to be, she had basically, um, what's the word I'm looking for? She basically assumed she, um, you know, she had decided that she was not a math person from the get-go. Math would be a source of anxiety for her. It would be a source of stress for her and it would always be so. And my mom would always be like, you know, I'm just not a math person. Don't ask me for math questions. Every time I walked into math class as a kid, it was just a source of anxiety. And at the end of the day, now, talking to my mom. I tell my mom how proud I, how proud I am of her, just like how she's proud of me. Because at the end of the day, my mom owns her own billing service, service, MC billing service, Margaret Connerly billing service, where she helps all sort of independent um, private practice, uh, medical doctors, chiropractors, acupuncturists, physical therapists, all those kinds of people around Santa Fe. And she helps them with the medical billing and all that stuff. And at the end of the day, everything that my mom is doing is revolved around money and numbers. And I was talking to her the other day and I was like, Hey mom, would you say that you're not a math person? She's like, absolutely. I hate math. I, it's a source of stress. The only thing that I liked about math was geometry. I've also come to understand that most people that don't like math have a geometric brain. And that kind of is that's curious to me. That's very interesting to me um, because I like geometry as well. I think geo, meaning earth, metry, measurement, geometry is where we came up with the measurements of the earth. That's why all of it is dealing with angles, acute, obtuse, alternate interior, um, and uh, whatnot and all that. I'm trying to think of all the, But the one thing that I didn't like about geometry was having to do all those stupid proofs and whatnot. And I was like, why, why am I writing words for math. Anyways, getting a little bit on a side tangent there, but hey, if you're you're not a math person, maybe that kind of aligns with you. Maybe you're more of a geometric person. You like geometry, but you don't like any other math. 
Um, I want to dive into that. Maybe I'll have a day where I'm just going to talk about all the etymology within geometry because there are a lot. We have obtuse, you have acute, acute coming from acutus in Latin. We have obtuse, um, ob meaning against, tus coming from uh, teneo essentially, I do believe, but I'm not going to reference that fully because I have not done my research. Um, so I'm just kind of ramble bambling right now. But um, yeah, so what I want to do is I wanted to take a myth. Um, I was thinking about maybe doing Perseus, but I don't know. We'll do Perseus in another time with Medusa. I think what I want to do is I want to take a rock and awesome girl. And I want to, you know, got, like it just, yeah, her name is Atalanta. And we're going to dive into the myth of Atalanta. Um, there's something about a strong female character that I just love so much. And I think it has to do with me thinking and hearkening back to my sister. Because when I think about my sister, I think about the, uh, just such a strong, capable individual um, who is going to stand the test of time. I think about my sister and I never worry about her because I know that she's going to stand her ground. She is strong. Like I, all right, here's a little bit of a story. I don't know if she would care if I mentioned this or not, but my little sister was sticking up for one of her friends at a nightclub. And this is in Florida. She goes to school in Florida. And she stuck up for a friend. Her friend was gay or is gay, uh, you know, still alive. And this big old, this big old black dude, and I'm not, you know, just laying context for the person and who they are. Apparently, it was this big old black dude. Given her friend a lot of crap, my sister stood up to him. Uh, this guy apparently was like six five or something like that, and she just was she wasn't having it. And the dude socked her right in the face. I mean, that goes to show how weak and fragile and I would I would have squared up freaking oh when I think about that. But like he socked her so much that my sister like had like a sore jaw and like a black eye and everything like that. But she did. She stuck up. She stood up and she didn't just, you know, allow injustice to happen. I think a lot of the time people are too scared to, to, to stand up to injustice. And that's, that's really when injustice happens is when we see it happening, but we don't say anything to stop it. But my sister is a freaking rocking awesome person and I love her so much and she's strong. She's like Mulan to the nth degree. I love Mulan, by the way. She's a great movie. I never saw the live action one, but hey, you know what? The OG cartoon one. Oh, I love that movie so much. Anyways, getting on some ramble bambles. But hey, you know what? Shout my sister out. Be proud of my sister. I'm proud of my sister. You ought to be proud of my sister because my, my sister is... She's awesome. <laughs> How much courage does it take to do that? to somebody that is clearly so much more physically strong than you. And still, you stick by your guns. And that's what true strength is. That's true confidence. Con meaning with, fidence coming from fideo, meaning faith, and that, that ens refers to pertaining to, pertaining to having faith with, and in this case, oneself. So we're going to get into the myth. We're going to talk about the myth, and then we're going to talk more about confidence in general and how confidence really, you know, how I see confidence because this audience member that reached out to me, they asked me, they're like, 
what is confidence to you? I am, I lack confidence so much in my life and I don't really know how to develop confidence and confidence is, it's something that you kind of have, you know, it's kind of a muscle. You, you develop it. It's not that you inherently have it. You develop it over time, little baby steps that lead into larger steps, that lead into strides, that lead into, to jumps, that lead into taking that leap of faith, right? Because faith is embedded within the word confidence, meaning with Fidens coming from Video. It's like if you've ever heard of the uh, the military um, motto, Semper Fidelis, Fidelis, or Semper Fi, always faithful, aka always faithful to the company or the, the troops or your your comrades or whatever. Com, com again is a different uh, assimilated form of cum, meaning with, com, and then rad. Not sure what that means, but I am curious now to know what the etymology of comrade is. So I'm going to do that right now, right now, while I'm talking to you. Comrade. Comrade comes from camera and camarada, meaning roommate. So camera in Latin means roommate. Uh, camarada means roommate in Spanish. And camarade in French also refers to your roommate, essentially, or your companion, a good fellow. Interesting. Camaraderie. That's where we get camaraderie from. Anyways, with that being said, would love for you guys to show some love and support on over at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Cast, wherever you get your podcasts. I had somebody just recently, it seems like they had updated their podcast or their rating on Apple Podcast from a five-star to a four-star. Hey, if you're listening right now and you uh, you changed your rating from a five to a four star, star please um, write a review as to why. I want to hear it. I love to hear criticism because it helps me be better and to strive for more. And just like I tell my students, I want you guys to embrace failure. Don't be scared to fail. I want you to be, I want you to put yourselves out there. Be brave. Have gumption. Stick your hand out there, even though you might not know if the answer is correct or not. Because you can develop confidence in yourself. You can reflect and be like, oh my gosh, I did that. Even though I told myself that I couldn't do it before, but now I'm showing myself that I can do it now. Rock on. I'm a cool beans. Rocking awesome. Homie G in the hizzle, my nizzle for shizzle. Anyways. Yeah. I don't know. You don't have to, but I'm curious. I want to know. Um, yeah. All right. This is the story of Atalanta. Once upon a time, a long, long time ago, way off in a far, far away land, there lived a young woman named Atalanta. Atalanta was renowned for her speed and skill in hunting. She was so fast that she could outrun any man, and she was so skilled in hunting that she could bring down any animal. One day, a group of young men came to Atalanta's father, King Shonius, and challenged her to a race. They said that if she lost, she would have to marry one of them. Atalanta agreed to the race, but she only agreed on one condition, that the winner would be allowed to kill her. The young men were shocked by Atalanta's condition, but they agreed to it nonetheless. The race began. 
and Atalanta quickly took the lead. The young men tried their best to catch up, but they were no match for her speed. As, as Atalanta neared the finish line, she could see that she was going to win. She could see the fear in the eyes of the young men. She knew that they were about to kill her, and she was filled with fear. But then, Atalanta remembered her father's words. He had told her that she was the fastest woman in the world and that she could do anything she had set her mind to. Atalanta took a deep breath. She summoned her courage. She ran even faster, and she crossed, crossed the finish line first. The young men were furious. They all had their little egos humbled. They had lost the race, and they were now going to have to kill Atalanta. But Atalanta was not afraid. She stood her ground, and she faced them. You may kill me, she said, but I will not be afraid. I am Atalanta, the fastest woman in the world, and I can do anything my, I set my mind to. She remembered those words her dad had said to her long ago. The young men were so impressed by Atalanta's courage that they decided to spare her life. They instead offered to marry her, and Atalanta agreed. Atalanta and her husband lived happily ever after. She continued to hunt and to race, and she became a legendary figure for her strength, her speed, and her courage. Hope the same can be said by her partner because, uh, you know what, out of all those guys she raced, hopefully that uh, he was the fastest out of all those dudes. Now, at the end of the day, this story of Atalanta is a powerful reminder that confidence, con meaning with, feed, and fideo, faith, is a powerful reminder that confidence and faith in oneself, aka the same thing, are essential qualities for success. Atlanta was able to achieve great things because she believed in herself and her abilities. And also the people around her believed in her too. And there's an aspect to that. You know, when you have people around that are propping you up, supporting you, sup, a derivation of sub, which means under, porto portare, which means to carry. So if you etymologize from the suffix back to the prefix, so port just means to carry from underneath. There's an aspect of having the support of everybody else and, ha uh, and them having confidence in that person and in yourself, you feed off that kind of stuff. She teaches us that courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the ability to act in spite of fear, I think. Um, to face it head on, right? Like my little sister facing that, you know, that homophobic dude that was just railing on her friend for no reason whatsoever. She stood up, she stood her ground, and she stood up against and in spite of maybe the fact that she was afraid. Maybe she was, maybe she wasn't. I don't really see my sister being afraid. She's too badass. Bad A-S-S. I guess I got to throw a little bit of an explicit one on this one because I threw out a cuss a word. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Asking also refer to a donkey. But Atlanta, you know, she was afraid. It wasn't even... Uh, like embedded within that little myth that I 
wrote. I mean, I did write it myself, but still, when she faced the young men, she was still afraid. You know, they challenged to raise her. There's still an aspect of being nervous, being, you know, whatever. But she wasn't paralyzed by her fear. Fear. She wasn't debilitated by it because she summoned that courage that she had had, that gumption, and she faced it down. She faced it head on. And Atalanta, I think, is a role model for all of us, right? And not only that, but she is this chick in a very male chauvinistic world. I mean, like, hey, you know what? Thinking about Pandora's box, like, all of these myths blame women for all of the the, the 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 strifes in the world. It is a male chauvinistic society back then. You know, it still is in a way in our modern day world, but we're we're starting to get away from it in a way. There's that misogyny in a in a way, but Atalanta is a role model that stands against that, right? And shows that, you know, a girl can beat the frick out of any dude. She faces, look at Mulan, look at my little sister, look at anybody and everybody, look at yourself. It reminds me of a student that I had um, last year. And um, I remember she, uh, she was the only girl on the wrestling team. I remember talking to all the guys about how they, they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna beat her. She's just a girl, like it's no big deal, blah, 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 this and that. She's only, she's a seventh grader anyways. We can take her down. I'm in eighth grade anyways, blah, 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 this and that. And then I remember seeing her at practice one time because I was I was um, friends with a coach. So I was watching practice. And then um, they invited me to one of their meets. So I wanted to go support. And I remember seeing her especially. It just reminded me of my sister in a way. My little sister when I used to go support her at her track meets when I was a kid. Or when she was a kid and when I was um, like, early twenties. Um, and I just, I remember like seeing the look on these boys faces when, you know, being in the ring with another, with a girl and you could see that they, they immediately thought that they were going to win. And then all of a sudden she's just like this pit viper comes out of nowhere and she won all of her events. And I remember she humbled those boys to the nth degree that's what I love about wrestling. I wasn't, I never got into wrestling or anything like that and definitely would not get into it now or jujitsu, even though I hear good things about those, you know, those, um, activities, athletics, sports, um, just cause of my subluxating shoulder. I, I think I'd be too worried about that, but you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know, it show, it goes to show that, you can be humbled any way, shape, and or form. And those boys were humbled. And they looked back. And I remember seeing them next week. And I was like, yeah. So I I, I went to the meet and I saw y'all. Uh, I saw you take on that that specific uh, student. They're like, oh, yeah. She, 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 she beat me uh, to a pulp. I was like, yeah, she, she did. I was like, didn't you say that? You were going to beat her easy peasy ASAP Rocky. And all of them were like, yeah. And I was like, well, maybe, maybe it's about, maybe it's about not really, um, you know, talking trash until it's all said and done. Yeah. They looked at each other and they looked at me and like, you know what? 
Yeah, Mr. Connerly. We got beat up by a girl. And I was like, yes, you did. And that's okay. Um, because uh, it's just another aspect for them to open up their minds a little bit more. Just like when, you know, I had that student um, that asked if I was fruity. And I was like, well, you know, don't know why you really care. But I'm curious as to as to why you think that. Um, and when that student started to list all these very stereotypical inconsequential ways, and then I was like, you know, I, I see what you're trying to do. I see that you're trying to use stereotypes in order to kind of like create shortcuts in order to kind of understand who I am as a person. But like at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're the reasons as to delineate me as being gay are all, um, they're, they're superficial things, clear frame glasses, Doc Martens, cuffed pants. Um, yeah, they said those things. And I was like, maybe, maybe you should go and find other people that wear those same kinds of things and ask yourself if they're gay. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But it's not about generalizing a person. It's not... It's not about just kind of delineating them or reducing them by what you've been told what it is to be gay. Why don't you understand or maybe just ask like you did with me, but in a weird way, it, 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 it gives me an option or an opportunity for them, for me to, to have them just think a little bit more critically. I don't know. At the end of the day, it's all about confidence, right? I think so. I think that if you don't have confidence, you don't have faith in yourself. And that's all what it's about. It's about having faith in oneself so that um, you can carry yourself throughout this life in a way that you want. I really do have this love affair with confidence now that it's it's kind of made a full circle in my life because I've realized that confidence has helped me understand that it's about baby steps rather than just going balls to the wall. Um, I'm being the type A personality that I've always been and always will be, you know, um, which can be both facilitative and debilitating dependent on uh, how much I'm going in one direction or the other. Um, yeah, sometimes I uh, tend to swing the pendulum either one way until I have to swing it all the way in the other direction. But um, I, I used to always think that it was about like, you know, just throwing the kitchen sink at, you know, something in order to like, you know, achieve progress. You know, it was, it, it was about like, you know, if I wanted to make moves or I wanted to change or something like that, or if I wanted to whatever, it was about just, well, it's like when I think about, um, you know, and I've talked about like uh, New Year's resolutioners, for instance, you know, like all of a sudden everything comes to a head and all, you know, after the holidays of all the, you know, doing whatever you want and like getting all fat and sassy and whatever and having all bread and sh all that good stuff. Um, then, you know, they come and make a full circle change. I saw this so many times, especially when I was working as a physical therapy assistant, um, where people, you know, they come into the New Year's. Uh, hating their body, hating the direction that they've gone. So now they want to go and they want to flip it on the other end and they want to go ball to the wall. They want to 
they want to wreck their body. You know, I remember having people, and these are definitely type A people that would come in and they would be like, I want a workout that's going to destroy me. I want to be left in puddles of sweat. Um, I really don't believe that that's the way to approach fitness ever anymore. I used to believe it. I used to believe like when I was, you know, I used to work out a lot and work out way too much. It was, it was too much when if you, Hey, if you're spending an upwards of two hours in the gym, um, it's kind of a lot. That's, that's too much for your body. Unless you're a younger person that can deal with that kind of abuse on your body. You should not be in the, you shouldn't be doing cardio for like two hours at a time. You shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. Remember that is a, a form of bulimia. That is exercise bulimia, right? Because bulimia, like uh, in the etymology, bull referring to, well, first it was bull or ox rather, but then it changed later on in the Greek to mean ravenous. And then that, that mia actually is where we get the uh, limos essentially. It's, it's, so it's bull and then limos. So you have bull, which is ravenous. And then the limos, limia is going to be the hunger, right? That's where we get anorexia and meaning without Orexis, again, hunger. They're just similar derivation or different derivations that uh, assimilate depending on what consonants they run into and or vowels. So, you know, if you're spending that amount of time in the gym, uh, it can be a form of, uh, you know, exercise bulimia because you can be bulimic. You can be, you know, binging and then, you know, doing the the quote unquote purging thereafter. And that is the, uh, you know, the, the, the dietary form of bulimia, but you can also have exercise bulimia as well. And, uh, you know, we always have to think about that kind of stuff. Or remember the on and the off again mentality. When I've talked about my friends that are, you know, competing in bodybuilding before, you know, it's either they're on and they're, they're prepping for their bodybuilding show and blah, 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 blah. But while they're prepping for their bodybuilding show, they're also prepping for the day of the bodybuilding show and the moments after to where they're going to go get their first meal and the meal after that. And then after that, and after that, and after that, and then it's not even about being present with the food. It's about just shoveling in the next mouthful. You know, there, there's uh, an aspect of being self-aware and when you are, you know, you're binging, you're not, you're not even like if anybody here is listening and has dealt with binge eating disorder in the past or deals with it now, which it's a pretty prevalent thing in our society. Um, it really is. I mean, like I've had students talk to me about this kind of stuff. Um, and they're middle schoolers. It's like, this is where social media is going to be the detriment to our society. I guarantee that we're going to look at screens like we look at cigarettes now, like in the future, we're going to look at uh, screens as how detrimental cigarettes are to our health. Maybe not our physiological health, but our psychological health. So, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I'm just kind of like, you know, doing my ramble bambles as per the usual. But, yeah, you know, like we have all these people coming in hating their bodies and they want to, like, you know, change their body. They're they're upset after the holidays and how they've gained their weight. And they, you know, they're going to they're they're going to put their body through, you know, the ringer because they deserve it. And, you know, I, I just want you to put me through the hardest workout and blah, blah, blah. And I want to be sweating and I want to be in pain. And that's not how it is. Don't treat your body like that. And also, if you're going into fitness and health, 
uh, hating your body and hate, hating the way you look, um, that's not what's going to keep you going unless you're David Goggins. And you guys know how I feel about David Goggins. David Goggins can, uh, you know what? Can suck it. I hate, I hate his message. I really do. I, I despise his message because he's not addressing the common people. You know, he's not addressing the, the everyday average Joe. You know, it's not always about just going through your life and suffering through it. It's about taking care of yourself at the same time. It's like why I, tr I take these times for us to, to, to thank ourselves, you know, at the very end of my podcast now, you know, thank your body, thank your mind, thank your soul, thank, thank your feet, thank your toes, thank, wiggle them around. You don't know, think about these things, but your body is such a, an amazing thing. That's what I love about anatomy and science in general. It's just like your body is so complex. We don't really think about how complex it really is and all the things that it does throughout the day in order to keep you moving living and breathing so yeah it, it is it's all about confidence and that is where i've come from i've made the full circle because i've hit rock bottom i talked to you guys about how like when i was out in portland and after my ex-girlfriend at the time had left me and i didn't know a lot of people and it was really bad covid quarantine isolation as well as there were a lot of wildfires going on at the time that created like basically a post-apocalyptic kind of vibe outside. I mean, they, they would told us to not go outside. There would be ash that fell from the sky. The, the color of, you know, everything around you was like this sepia kind of color. It was very apocalyptic looking. And I remember I had to like stay inside. They made a stance for like two weeks because of all the wildfires, the fires that were going down and Oregon at that time and or Washington that were just kind of getting blown through and it kind of just like stagnated over Portland and, and then we had stagnant air quality and whatnot and it was just it was awful and I remember like I had lost my identity the the identity that I that I had built with this person for so long and now she's gone she wasn't in my life anymore and now I had to kind of build myself back up who I who was I without this person and then I also had to prove to myself that I was proud of myself, that I, you know, I wasn't this failure. You know, I was working part time as a, you know, I was I was teaching Latin part time and I was also tutoring math part time. And I was just like, you know, I felt so wonky. I felt so um, unstable in my life. And uh, yeah. It was just, it was one of those things where it became little teeny tiny steps. That's when I started that, this podcast, actually, you know? And then it's like uh, when I mentioned in my, um, my ad, you know, my, my ad for this month, you know, and how I talk about it. It's not about, you know, if you're podcasting, if you're worried about podcasting because you have to go up against all these other big podcasters, it's not about that. It's about starting it and getting going because at the end of the day, you're already at the upper echelon, the, the top percentage. If you get past three episodes and then you're literally at the creme de la creme, you're literally like at the top percentile. If you make it past 20 episodes, that's all, that's, that's all it takes. All it takes is proving to yourself that you can do it and that you can keep on showing up for yourself because that's what confidence is, is showing up for yourself because when you show up for yourself, you can show up for everybody else as well. And then you can also show up for yourself while showing up for everybody else. It's not about always, 
you know, like I've talked about in the past, I don't really care for this whole, like, it's all about me. I got to focus on me. It's all about, you know, my self-worth, blah, blah, blah. And if your therapist is touting that kind of stuff, I would take a step back and be like, why, why do I need to be selfish in this world where being gracious and showing gratitude and being giving is what's really going to, um, what's going to cement your soul. It's going to callous it into uh, something that you want to be, right? You don't want to be callous like your David Goggins and you're callous by all the suffering that you made your, yourself do throughout this life and all the 250-mile runs that you're going to do. It's, that's, not, that's not what it's about when you callous yourself. You callous yourself by proving to yourself all these things that you didn't think that you knew that you could do in the past. That's all it is. And I can ramble, bamble on this all day, every day, three, six, five. But at the end of the day, it's baby steps because we're our own worst critics and we're all, all our own, you know, our single self-doubters or, or our doubters are us. We doubt ourselves more than anybody else around us for the most part, unless you have a bunch of haters, in which case they just want you to fail and you should use that. It's kind of some fuel, not a lot of fuel because I don't like negative fuel, but you can use that as fuel. But at the end of the day, it's all about proving to yourself because maybe you doubted yourself and then you did what you thought that you doubted yourself on and then you reflected and you said, wow, that actually wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. I'm not as anxious now that I've done it that I, even though I thought I would be really anxious, I'm not. That was easy. I can do that again. And I can continue to do that. I do it all the time for my students. I love to tell them. I'm like, I love proving you guys wrong. Respectfully, of course. But I prove them wrong all the time because the one thing that I will not address with a student is like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm like, I'm not going to work with that. <laughs> I'm just not going to work with that because you know that you you do know. But you're just saying that right now and that's it's not productive. We're not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to work with you if you're going to say that because you're already telling yourself and you're you're reducing uh yourself before the fact that you even try. It's like trying a food or oh uh it's like saying it reminds me of when I was a little kid. I was like, "Oh, I don't like that even though I have never tried it before." You can't really say that you don't like something unless you have the wherewithal and the experience of having tried it or else you're just saying that you don't like it because you don't know. It's kind of like why all these people right now that are either on the left or the right or, you know, that are so fixed on their own dogma that they can't step out of their own framework. They can't step out of their own paradigm, their own dogma, their own, their own orthodox. But you can. And maybe that's what you need in order for you to expand and understand that maybe, oh, maybe the opinion that I've always had maybe isn't always going to be right. Because, hey, you know what? I've gone through this life and uh, I've changed my mind a lot. It's pretty freeing. Once you accept that a lot of things that you believe are wrong 
doesn't that kind of leave so much room for growth? It's kind of exciting. I don't know. Not a lot of people think that. Modern people like to die on the hill of just being right all the time. That's not me. That's not you. It isn't you. I hope it's not you. How many times, and, and, and if you think it is you, how many times have you changed your mind in your life? How many times have, been, have you figured out that you actually were wrong about something that you had believed in before? It reminds me of science. It's what a hypothesis is. We test and test and retest. Science seeks to prove itself wrong, right? That's what a hypothesis is. Hypo meaning low, thesis meaning placement. It's a below placement, right? That leads eventually into test and test and retest. And then it eventually leads into potentially theory that can then eventually be etched into law. Um, but it starts out as a test. It starts out as an idea, something to challenge the nature of maybe what had already been set and done in the past. It's like how we think about neuroscience and the mind and the brain. We barely know anything. We don't understand why we have seizures. We don't know why we have epileptic um, disorders, but yet we know how to mitigate it with diets like the ketogenic diet, for instance. What is it that when we limit the amount of carbohydrates that a person consumes, it actually also doesn't lead to epileptic seizures. It leads to the remission of, uh, of those kinds of uh, problems. Why is that? That's why we had the ketogenic diet brought into the medical field back in the 20s, I believe. Or maybe it was the teens in, um, in the 19, 19 teens or the 1920s. I can't remember exactly when, but that's why. I mean, that's why it first came about. And then we had many iterations of it ever, you know, after. I mean, we call it the ketogenic di diet now, but before they used to call it the Atkins diet, Atkins diet, which was the same thing, which was also like the low-carbohydrate diet, which was... Also, you know, it, it's just, it's very interesting. It's interesting how everything is in flux all the time and nothing is set in stone. Nothing is set in stone except for Latin, you guys, the objectivity of Latin. But then again, language is evolving and it's changing and we get words that my students, excuse me, teach me, like the words like yeet or sus, or batty, or uh, drip. I remember the first time I showed up at Monument, uh, one of my students, I love I love this student, he's such a great kid. He is the reason why I gave him, he, he just, and well, he's a student that I gave for my Latin two award for being, you know, my Latin two scholar. Um, and the reason why I gave it to him? No, he's not the most academic uh, and has the best grade in the class. But you know what he was? He was the most giving of his services. He was the most um, inquisitive. He was always working hard. He was always seeking me out. He was always asking me questions. He was always trying to be better, even though, because he, he knew that he wasn't good at Latin, but he could try to be better. And I saw that. I see that. He's, he's a rocking kid. And I remember the first day I walked in, he was like, Mr. Connolly with the drip, because I actually showed up in a full suit, basically. Um, you know, uh, I, I like to do that a lot of the time. Uh, helps people take me more seriously as well, I think. 
But uh, yeah, you know, things like drip, you know, I, I guess in, it refers to an outfit, you know, language is evolving. But at the end of the day, it's still is set in stone from the objectivity of Latin and Greek. But we don't have a lot of objectivities in this world. And if you think about it, an objective, if you assimilate it into its etymology, ob means against, and then jective comes from yakeo, which means to throw. So an objective, it's what's thrown against you that you got to tackle, you know, that you got to, you know. So an objectivity is something that you have to tackle against, which is very interesting. Objectivity is where we get objective, is where we get object, is where we get subject where we get um adjective i won't get into the etymology i promise i, I i'm not going to inundate you guys with too much but at the end of the day this is what i wanted to talk about because it really is all about confidence at an atalanta is a bad ass mofo i love her she she faced fear she stood up even though she was scared, she still faced that fear. She faced it head on. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Is that courage and confidence. It's not the absence of fear. It's the ability to act in spite of the fear that you may have. Remember that. It's not the absence of it. Because we all are afraid of things. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the things that I see out of the corner of my eye at the dead of night sometimes. Kid you not. I'm scared of the dark sometimes. I'm scared of anything and everything. I'm scared of this world. There are a lot of things that are scary about this world. But you can still be courageous in this world as well and still be scared. But it's about you showing up and facing that fear in spite of being afraid of it. You guys rock. You guys are strong. You're capable. And so thank yourselves for how strong you are and how capable you are and how much that strength has gotten you to this point and how much it's going to continue to take you through this world Rock it. Be a rock star. Because I know you are. And until next time, Tempus est discedere.